Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Good evening. It's good evening here. We're recording again on an evening. That's It's going to just yeah. be how it is, I think, for here it on. It works. For a while. It's how it's this season of life and what works for us, right? So, yep. Uh, for those of you who might be new and this might be the first time you're with us, well, <laughs> welcome and congratulations. For joining this wonderful uh, I, I don't know what i'm doing i'm just it's huzzah, huzzah, huzzah. Huzzah. <laughs> so it's the all, misfit, all the good feelings. misfit messengers podcast uh we just do this thing once a week where we hang out and we talk and sometimes we've got a plan and sometimes we think we have a plan and we really don't and other times we really really don't have a plan <laughs> i think we're in the middle category tonight we kind of sort of have a plan yeah God has the plan. We just, we can trust our our Lord and Savior to, like, make something out of stuff. Right. That's what I'm, that's that's where I'm going with tonight. That's, I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) So, we just finished last week a series on the book of 1 John, uh, which was actually, it was really fun to go through that, that book kind of uh, little, little bits and pieces each week. Um, but now we're going to do actually a book study, but it's a book study on a book of the Bible. So it gets a little complicated there, but uh, it's from the book of Nehemiah. And the book on the book of Nehemiah is called Becoming Nehemiah by uh, David McKenna. And he writes, it's really a leadership book. It's leading with significance and kind of takes a look at the life of Nehemiah and how to kind of take the attributes and leadership skills that nehemiah shows and learn from them yeah but it's more than just like oh i need one to be a a better leader it's more about how to almost like relinquish what you think you know about control yes in order for god to use you more powerfully yeah so don't think of this book as we go through it of like 10 steps to success or whatever. Right. Um, Cause if that's not what it is, it's more, um, we do have a God with a plan. Right. How, how do we position ourselves to allow that plan to move through us at the greatest capacity? Right. Which can go for any area of your life, you know, anywhere that you are in life, it, you can learn from that and grow in that way. Absolutely. Even if you would say, yeah, I don't really feel like I'm a leader or I do any leading. It's again, as, as Amanda said, it's not 10 steps to become a leader or, or, you know, anything like that. It's really, well, you'll see as we kind of dive in, but, uh, um, it really impacted me. And I read that, I read this book back, um, when I was in the training school and really impacted as I was kind of studying and learning uh, to do this officership thing. And so hence here we are, but I, I really feel like it's a benefit uh, to kind of step to, to have some practical things about leading. And also I, one of the aspects and we're going to get down, down way at the, the end of the study, but is, is you can actually work yourself into a position where you're past your competency mm. and it's an important piece to to kind of know and remember. So it's 
it's one of those things that this book is again it's not john MacArthur's anything it's not uh you know there's a lot of leadership gurus out there mm-hmm. um, this is not really in that category uh and but it but it's a very helpful book to look at nehemiah in maybe a little bit different way than you would normally so but before we really begin the book about nehemiah we felt like you know maybe we should talk about who nehemiah is because that's kind of important to the story so i'm gonna set up I, i'm gonna set up some historical background how's that does that sound good oh i love it historical background all right so nehemiah comes at the kind of the end of the historical books towards the end of the historical books so the middle section, I don't know what even call the middle section, but after the first five books of the Bible, which are called the Pentateuch, you've got the his, the books of history. So you have first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles. And that is the time period of the Kings, right? right. From uh, Saul to David to Solomon on down the line, the splitting of the kingdom. If you don't know this Bible history, that's okay. I'm just trying to set it up if you do. Uh, Then you have where King Nebuchadnezzar and his cronies from Babylon come and destroy the temple in Jerusalem, destroy Jerusalem. They carry off captives to Babylon. And that's where you get Daniel and Ezekiel. And 70 years pass where Jeremiah prophesies that in 70 years time, uh, you'll be able to come back to the land. So this is during the time after the Babylonians are conquered by the Persians and King, is it Cyrus? Artaxerxes? Well, yes. Sorry. Artaxerxes here. I, I am doing a study on Esther right now. So that's a little bit later. Um, That's anyway. So Artaxerxes uh, is talking to Nehemiah. Ezra has already gone back. In fact, in Hebrew, I don't know if you know this, but Ezra and Nehemiah are one book together. Right. Yep. Actually, I did know that. There you go. So Ezra has gone back to Jerusalem, has started rebuilding the temple that was destroyed. And now Nehemiah finds out some news at the very beginning of this book about the condition of Jerusalem and how Jerusalem is still kind of in ruins after the destruction. And he feels very convicted that he should go and help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, his home city. And yeah. He also happens to be the cupbearer of the king, and that's King Artaxerxes. So, anything you'd like to add to that, Amanda? Um, nope. Uh, I mean, it's so yeah. Time wise, is about you know five hundred ish years before Jesus, right? Yep, give or take. Yeah. Those kind of things. Nope. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think you you covered it. Um, especially and and. Nehemiah and Ezra are complementary in that Ezra really rebuilds up the spiritual life of the people where Nehemiah really builds up the physical place. So it's it's how God is using both avenues to create a whole thing, you know. Right. Well, yeah, if you're thinking about rebuilding a city, it's important to rebuild the temple. But that temple is not going to be very protect- protected if you don't rebuild the walls of the city. So, right. One of the things that I love about Nehemiah is that he 
he doesn't really jump into action without praying first. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, so he goes, he finds out from his brother that the, that Jew, Jerusalem is still in ruins. Right. Um, and so, and if I, sorry, if I'm correct, Nehemiah was born in Persia, right? In captivity. Yep. Yes. Okay. Sorry. At least that's what I understand from the context here. Uh, but Nehemiah finds out that Jerusalem is destroyed. It's still destroyed. It's still, you know, they haven't rebuilt the things yet. It's still kind of tumultuous there. The wall's broken down. The gates have been burned. And then it says, and this is first person. Nehemiah is writing this in the first person here. Chapter one of Nehemiah, verse four. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. And he goes on and he confesses the sins of Israel. He said, look, we screwed up. We messed up. We are at fault for the destruction of the temple, for the destruction of Jerusalem. But have mercy upon us. Give us strength to rebuild. Right. And I just I love the heart there of I want to do this thing, but I also am not going to be able to do it on my own. Yep. And I feel like I need to remember that for today <laughs> and tomorrow. Oh, come on. Can we just do it all on our own? Well, yeah, I've been trying for years. It ain't going to it's not working out very well for me. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, we we. You're pretty, you have a lot of talents, you know, but even you can only go so far. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I, I hope also... that gives you a pretty good introduction. The cupbearer to the king, I think, bears. Do you want to cover that tonight or you want to cover that next week? What does it even mean to be cupbearer to the king? Yeah, let's. Let's go. Okay. For some reason, though, whenever you say cupbearer of the king, yeah. I'm always reminded of Rankin Bass. Is the right. Toy maker to the king. Do you know that the, you know, right, like the Christmas claymation movies, and there's one that sings about being a toy maker to the king. Anyway, okay, it doesn't matter. But I, no, but I, I wanted you to keep going with the story. Oh, like I don't remember. I don't like, know like, this, yeah, like, but I think it's what? What it's is about, this? It's about it's about Santa Claus as a as a young man who becomes the great toy maker to the king, and there's a song. The great toy maker to the king. Anyway, and it just reminds me of the great cupbearer to the king. Anyway, that's a rabbit trail. Never mind. I love it. Yep. But <laughs> so that's what's going to be playing in my head, though, every time we talk about a cupbearer. Great cupbearer to the king. Anyway, it's late. Don't keep going. Keep going. Let's, let's get back to Jesus stuff. I feel like I can't. I, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> I also like Nehemiah because he's just some guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just some guy. Never been to Israel. He just hears about the... And he's like, someone should do something. And then he's like, I'm a someone. Like, do you know? Like... (laughs) And, And the whole thing, when we, you know, we'll get into it, but like, he goes to 
the people who conquered them to yeah. the leader and being like, yeah, remember that whole time when you like ransacked and like stole a bunch of people and like everyone else kind of come in and ransacked it? Like, you want to like fix that? And the king's like, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just how God works. So, does. But I will say that being cupbearer to the king gave him some positional authority. Um, right. The cupbearer is the guy, um, one could argue, the, the butler, head butler of the staff of the king, at least for with regard to food. There's yep. the, the guy who tasted all the food to make sure that none of it was poisonous uh, for the king, uh, to make sure probably that the menus for his banquets were on point, you know, that they served the right wine with the right dish, with the right appetizer, with the right whatever. Like a butler. Yeah, like the head butler. Like the head butler. Head butler. And I love how he puts just at the very beginning of Nehemiah, like the last line of chapter one is, I was cupbearer to the king. Just, oh, by the way, this was my job. Because I think, as you said, you know, somebody should do something. Oh, I'm somebody. At the same time, Nehemiah is perfectly placed. This is where God works, friends. God is working, does work, continues to work to place people in positions for such a time as this, as Esther says. Actually, Mordecai said to Esther, but uh, that you don't know exactly when God might use you for something. Sorry, friends. Did you just send me that? That I did. I'm going to look that up later. I sent her the song. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Uh, But so Nehemiah has the ear of the king, which is going to come in very important when he wants to endeavor to solve this crisis of safety for the city of Jerusalem that is now operating without a wall. Now, we don't think very much of walls because I don't know any city in the United States that has a wall. As a protective, around the whole city? No. Yeah, around the whole city. I mean, we place walls around schools or fences at least, right? Oh. We place fences around. But we don't have walls. Like I'm talking ancient, medieval, militaristic oh. defense, right? Because they wouldn't be effective in modern warfare, right? But in ancient warfare, walls were supremely important to protect citizens of large places. And so the fact that Jerusalem doesn't have a wall means that it's it's vulnerable to raiders. It's vulnerable to local warlords. It's vulnerable to attack at any time. And so he's concerned for his people. Hey, my brothers are there. My cousins are there. My distant relatives are there but he's concerned about his people being uh vulnerable to attack and so he says somebody should do something i'm in a position where i can start the process so i really one of my things i love is webtoons do you know what that is no it's an app on your phone essentially that like gives you like one week comics okay okay Okay. And uh, yeah, so like there's little snippets. Anyway, one of the comics that I'm reading 
is about a group of students, kind of like Lord of the Flies, right? So a group of students um, end up marooned on this island, and they've pretty much divided into two camps. And in one of the camps, so they're trying to figure out how to survive. So there's okay. one camp that's out being really productive, building shelter, fish, learning how to fish. They hunt a wild boar. And then the other camp found a gun. And so every time Camp A, like, gets a fish or something, the other camp just comes and raids them. Fair. Okay. And so, so like, in this, that just reminded me of this work. Like, they're trying to rebuild their nation. Right. And every time they, like, start to get a little bit, some raider's like, oh, you have no defenses, right? I'm just, I got the weapons. You don't have an army. I'm just going to come in and take all your stuff. And that keeps happening over and over and over again. Right. So they can never even begin to reestablish their society without this wall because they right anything that they're getting is immediately being taken away again right anyway the webtoon is class one nine it's called class one nine class one nine yeah class one nine anyway it doesn't matter but but it just reminded me yeah of uh of that kind of thing like they're they're trying to build something and survive and like this other camp's like well we got the gun so They'll just take all your stuff because they, they're defenseless. And see, that brings my brain straight to A Bug's Life. Where the, <laughs> oh, the ants yes. go out and work and the grasshoppers Yeah, come. and the grasshoppers just come in. Exactly. That's, yes. Yes. All right. Now that we've taken a little bunny trail well, into all the connections we could already make with Nehemiah. There are lots and lots of connections, no doubt about it. Cupbearer to the king. Cup yes. What does Cup that mean, Jenny? What? What does that mean? I thought we talked about it. He's the butler. Well, okay, but I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted by my stuff. You did. It's all good. But the thing um, with Nehemiah, right? It shows how like just one guy, and like impact, like Nehemiah going into this when he so, you know, spoiler alert, right? He's the cupbearer to the king. He hears this news and he goes to the king and says, "Hey, I'd like to leave your service, even though you know I'm obviously he's very valuable in the household of the king." But he says, "I, I, I, I got to go home." and fix some stuff right and i want you to pay for it which also just reminds me like we're going to build a wall and you're going to pay for it but that's that's different content <laughs> oh that takes us to a different level but i mean kind of maybe we need to record not at this time of night <laughs> we get a little slap happy heavens no, to betsy Woo! nehemiah is a different guy but <laughs> It's not that story, Amanda. Jeez. Gonna build a wall and the Persians are gonna pay for it. That's what happened. I didn't write it. You know, but the Persian Persians aren't the ones who knocked it down, the Babylonians were, so there is I that. Mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've derailed us. I've derailed us today. Yeah, I don't I can't even bring us back. I don't even know, friend. I'll tell you, the Sometimes the best laid plans, right? <laughs> you, you plan a thing, 
you work on a thing and you get to you hit record and then no, okay so yeah. i want to i want to bring up the block the block and gap method method which we did talk about bringing up yes okay please so do from, explain the block and gap method i will i will so the picture you have of nehemiah right is a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other kind of a duality right yeah eventually we'll get to that that imagery but if you have not read in nehemiah that's a good image in your head sword in well, one hand hammer in the I, other i think after a few thousand years we can't really necessarily have spoiler alerts so i mean yes <laughs> it's a very it's old for, book <laughs> the book has been out for a while so <laughs> thousands literal thousands of years so so Okay, this is from the introduction part, right? And he talks about the block and gap method. And he's saying, the more we delve into the leadership of Nehemiah, the more he grows on us. Rather than assuming that our text is the final answer to his success, we acknowledge that we're only dipping into his experience. Therefore, we don't follow the pattern of commentaries that print sections of scripture, right? Instead, yeah. we've chosen the block and gap method of teaching. <laughs> the book of Nehemiah qualifies for this method, right? Because there is blocks of text that happen, right? Right. And blocks of story. And then there's gaps um, become necessary to Nehemiah's leadership focus of the study. Right. So to assist the reader, the blocks of scripture chosen precede the chapter to talk about what are the the overarching main points right which is probably how we're going to be leading this up for ourselves is um is saying even though i think the nehemiah himself when he is writing this he's not just telling history which it is history right but he's saying i'm giving you the chunk right and then we can take that and we can fill in the gap with what god's doing now right because god continues to work and breathe and um, translate this stuff that happened all of these thousands of years ago into our lives today. Right. And I think when we read scripture, sometimes I think you can get, uh, or I can get, or people can get um, into kind of two different camps. One, they just kind of read it like a book, mm -hmm. which I can, I can get that way. I can start looking into the history and the players and, dissecting it and wanting to know all of the things right which it is history yeah which i do love history or we can just over spiritualize it right and everything is a lesson for me right now like somehow i'm a thousand couple of thousand years ago male jewish man who's a cupbearer to the king and everything relates to me because everything's about me um and both are wrong right when we read scripture that's what I think it means about being living and active, right? This, this block, there's scripture, but then God leaves these little gaps that are saying, this is how we can translate this into what's happening with you right now. Um, which I think is a, is something I need to remind myself too, um, yeah. is like, a it is, it's history and it's, for the now but it's happening simultaneously um but all in context you know mm -hmm. <laughs> taking the big thing and bringing it into these tangible chunks you know yep and i think the, the book of nehemiah sets stuff up really well for that 
Absolutely. Well, I think there's a lot of, so the whole premise is leadership development is what it's a practical kind of practical journey to see how Nehemiah's journey of leadership development um, can kind of sometimes mirror our own as he grows in his kind of capacities of leadership through different stages of his life. Mm-hmm. But then how do we apply some of those same principles and truths? As Because Nehemiah comes up against some opposition. He comes up to have to change his plan. He has to pivot as the, you know, the word of, of the year a couple of years back. And so how do we as developing leaders uh, use those same sort of skills in our own uh-huh. of influence? And so that's where this book uh, can be helpful because it's not just, a, again, a how-to of 10, 10 steps to, to becoming a great leader or, or a, it's not a Nehemiah commentary. That's not the point of the book either. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't delve too far into kind of the historical context. I think that historical context is very helpful and important when you're doing certain types of studies. Um, But one of the great things about studying scripture is that, as as Amanda said, is that it is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, Mm -hmm. um, and teaches us a lot of things in addition to its historical context, in addition to maybe some of the metaphorical lessons we can learn or the spiritual lessons or the moral lessons that we can learn. The, the Bible is amazing. It really is as a document, as old as it is, as diverse as it is. Mm-hmm. And yet people for millennia have never stopped finding truth, finding help in situ, you know, in daily situations in life, uh, you know, think about how many sermons have been preached, right? How many books have been written? How many years of studies have been done? And yet there's still things to flesh out from scripture. And at the beginning, he's just some guy. Well, I mean, butler to the king, but still, butler yes. yes but he's I just mean, some guy. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm always reminded when you're, when you're doing a study on a person, like, um, you ever heard the you know the 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 quote? Um, every person who ever did something great started out just as you are. Yeah, you know, and um, that's sometimes true. Maybe not for everybody, but I am always reminded though, like with these these stories that are ri- written down, which have now crossed, you know, um, generations, cultures with me and you genders um that god is still using those lessons that if yeah. he can do it and did do it because we believe that this stuff happened right it's yeah. not just story this is this really happened to him that he can and will do it in our context right you know, that's, I think, why the power of our testimony. And that's really what a lot of scripture is, is they're just people's testimonies. Right. That have been written down. <laughs> right. And and I, and I think about the countless trillions more that aren't written down. Right. 
absolutely. You know, but if God worked his purposes out through some exile, you know, um, he can do that in, in our context too. And it also shows like it matters. I mean, I think about all the right Daniel and Moses and David and on and on Peter and Lydia and whatever. I mean, all of them, right? Like, God can and will and does work out for good those who love him and are called according yeah. to his purposes. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited um, to be able to go through that kind of thing. And with all of our listeners, thank you. If hopefully you have not tuned out uh, after <laughs> my derailment. Um, when I think about the thing that is so cool about nehemiah is that he wasn't a scholar or uh i mean he was smart but he wasn't um a priest he wasn't um a you know someone in the kingly line right he was a an bonded servant in a foreign land to a wickedish king well kingdom godless kingdom who just saw a need and asked god if he could be a part of it. Right. Right. Yep. <laughs> and without him, I mean, well, as they say, the rest is history. There you go. You know, and uh, right now, politically, Israel's in a bit of a turmoil again. Yeah. But they've been there before. And God countlessly has seen his people through. Yeah. And if he did it then, he can do it now, you know? And there's a lot of comfort in that. True. So I'm excited. I'm excited to to, die, to dig deep into it. Good. Me too. And I think just like Nehemiah, we just pray that, hey, God, I see this thing. Mm-hmm. How can I be a part of it? Help yeah. me be a part of it. Yep. I think that's a brilliant. Um, I actually think we should end on that. It's about that time anyway. If we. Well, be- before I derail really us long, further. What? Before I derail us further. Yeah. Well, also, idea. we've been having really long episodes, so I kind of wanted to shorten one up uh, well, to get us back, back into uh, maybe a, a shorter rhythm. But that it's all good. We, you know, hopefully. You don't get too bored by our long episodes or you just take them in little bit bite-sized pieces and chunks. But uh, but yeah, I think Nehemiah is a good example of someone who just, like you said, sees a need and says, Lord, help me be a part of it. How can I be a part of it? What, mm-hmm. what can you do? And he opens a door and we're going to get to there and we're going to dive, dive in for, further next week. But this week we kind of just wanted to open the door through the conversation. We encur- I encourage you, please read through the book of Nehemiah. It's uh, it's not really that long. Uh, let's At see. least the first couple chapters before next week. Yeah, 13 chapters. I will say there's some stuff in the middle that are a little tough because it's a lot of names. You can kind of sort of skip over those. Um, I don't think this study is about the names. There are times when studying the names are super helpful and super important and super interesting to look up names, but that's not kind of the point of this 
study. And then if you do have access uh, to uh, David McKenna's Becoming Nehemiah, Leading with Significance, I highly recommend it. It is a very short book, friends. I'm telling you, it's 120 pages, which for a book is nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So uh, just be encouraged. If you don't want to read the book, that's fine. Read Nehemiah, though. Try to read Nehemiah because that cool. is such good stuff in Nehemiah. And again, um, gets you kind of started on the right footing. So hopefully this has been helpful to you. If it's not, well, I'm sorry for that. And we'll try and do better. Uh, but if it if it was great, uh, I'm glad that we could be an encouragement. So anything else for tonight, Amanda? I dare not. I dare not. <laughs> It's getting to be and, that and on, a, and on a high note. <laughs> we'll just end. How's that? All right, friends. Uh, we are glad that you joined us. We'll catch you guys another time. And we, as we always conclude, because I think it's important to be reminded every day. I say it to myself every day, but God blesses us every day. That's a true, a true statement. Right. He blesses us every day. Some days we see it better than others. Some days we're not aware of it for whatever reason. We're not looking for it, but he blesses us. So that we can be a blessing to others. Thanks. Look at you guys next time.